Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 173 of the Highly Relevant Podcast, a show about how Latino pop culture is reshaping mainstream entertainment. On this week's episode, I welcome Manuel Abud. He is the CEO of the Latin Recording Academy for a chat about this year's Latin Grammys, Latin music's greatest night of the year. We discuss an array of topics for how he envisions taking the show internationally to different countries. He addresses some of the controversy surrounding the urban backlash of the last several years, and I ask him which award is more important to a Latin artist, the Grammy or the Latin Grammy? His answer, in just a few minutes. But before I talk to Manuel Abut, it's time I give you my weekly recap of the top Latino pop culture headlines in a segment I like to call, Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie, TV, music news of the week. The Susan Mero done at Showtime as the pair splits. HBO Max greenlights Latino animated series Uptown Bodega from Oz Rodriguez. Cheech Marine opens Center for Chicano Art and Culture nicknamed The Cheech. MTV Entertainment Studios greenlights music and culture docuseries De La Calle. Apple TV Plus orders Spanish language crime drama Las Azules starring Barbara Mori. Ricky Martin to lead Apple TV Plus's period comedy Mrs. American Pie from Laura Dern and Abe Sylvia. Gloria Calderon Kellett and Taron Killam Ron series arranged in works at Freebie, Dasha Polanco joins Rian Johnson's Peacock mystery Poker Face, and Richard Cabral has joined the cast of Peacock's video game adaptation of Twisted Metal. And in tech and social media news, Facebook shifts resources from news to focus on the creator economy. Netflix loses almost 1 million subscribers in the second quarter. Spotify acquires viral online music game Hurdle. Disney is hiring Apple employees for a metaverse push. Bloomberg Media is planning a major extension into global localized coverage. Snapchat will compete with Zoom by creating a new video conferencing tool for desktops. Microsoft is adding video stories to Teams to liven up the chat app, and TikTok began layoffs in a company-wide restructuring around the world. Manuel Abud is the president and CEO of the Latin Recording Academy. He graduated from Houston Baptist University and began his 20-plus year career in the media industry at Telemundo, where he became the president of Telemundo Station Group in 2011. He then moved over to Azteca America to become its CEO in 2014, where he turned around the network and spearheaded its sale in 2017. Abud serves on the board of counselors at the USC Annenberg School for Communications and Journalism. 
congratulations on your first year in the job. Um, it's been almost a year ago. August 1st, I believe, was the day that you started. How would you describe your first year on the job so far? It's been an amazing experience, Jack. I mean, you know, I mean, quite frankly, it's a, I'll be honest with you, it's a great job. It's a great organization uh, doing great things. So, um, you know, I cannot be, I couldn't be happier. What challenges did this particular job bring to you and how have you been able to, to, uh, uh, to attack it? Look, the, the biggest challenge that I think we face is to protect the legacy of this brand. As, as, as you know, and you live it every day, the, you know, there's a dramatic cultural change happening in front of our very eyes. And, uh, and we just got to stay relevant. You know, some of the questions I've always had, because I've, I've covered the, the, the Latin Grammys uh, throughout my uh, tenure in the industry. And I remember that the first time I covered it was in New York City. And Gabriel and I had a conversation about how amazing it was to have the Latin Grammys in New York City at Madison Square Garden. They really haven't come back, though. And I'm wondering if there's a possibility for the Latin Grammys. Have you had any discussions of bringing it back? to New York City from Vegas? I don't know that getting back to New York City is in the cards. I can tell you that we're not fixated with staying in Vegas. And I mean, I would love the Latin Grammys to be everywhere where we have a community that we serve, meaning Mexico, Spain, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina. Mm. That's, uh, that's ambitious, aggressive, but I think it's very doable in the future. Now, the Latin Grammys first aired on CBS in 2000, and it was after the 41st Ricky Martin extravaganza of the mainstream Grammys. And it was the first primarily Spanish-language primetime program carried on an English-language American television network. And remember, it was on CBS. I know that Americans are listening to Latin music more than ever, and I'm wondering if there's a... It, has there been conversations, I guess of returning the Latin Grammys to a mainstream network like a CBS, or maybe now with the streaming networks, is that a possibility? I mean, you never say no to possibilities. There's always been you know, questions around it. Uh, there's interest around our property, but we're very happy with our partnership with Univision. I think our, our telecast is very relevant to our audience. And if anything, I would consider in addition to rather than instead, mm. right? I mean, um, because I think the I think the Hispanic community deserves a show of the quality and the caliber of our show. Does mainstream recognition matter to you? Well, look, it does, and I think it has it. The fact that the telecast is in a Spanish language platform doesn't take from the relevance and the recognition that that we have at the end of the day we have grammy dna and and the grammy is you know recognized wherever you go and at the end of the day for me the importance is that we support celebrate honor the latin music and we will continue to look for the best avenue to do it mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in an english language platform or in any other language can you explain the mainstream Grammy Latin category versus the Latin Grammy ones? And I ask this because let's say you're an artist 
and you get nominated for like, you know, I don't know, 10 Latin Grammy Awards. But at the same time, on the other side, you got nominated for a Grammy for a Latin category. And I asked Natalia Laforcada this question years ago. Is there a difference winning a Latin Grammy as opposed to an American Grammy? And I guess my question to you is, Manuel, do we need both? Well, look, I think we do because we are with two academies. At the end of the day, this is a recognition amongst peers. And it is all about who your peers are. The Recording Academy, who's our you know, sister organization, beautiful legacy, amazing membership, but it's a US-based membership, right? And those are the ones that vote for the Grammy. The Latin Grammy is a global international membership base that votes for the Latin Grammy. Mm-hmm. So I think we complement each other. Um, I'm proud and honored to have the Grammy DNA, but with the tropical Latin sound and relevance. It's just too much music to be held by the Grammys alone. Like you really kind of have, it needs to have its like its own space. Well, Jack, look, I mean, look, let me, let me make a parenthesis there. I mean, just, just, just think about this. We're finishing right now the, the, the submission period. Mm-hmm. And we had 18,000 products, 18,000 wow. entries for our process. So I think that it will be a disservice not to have us working with those, you know, musicians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine trying to encapsulate them all in, you know, three or four categories of Latin music in the Grammys. We have, you know, 53 categories. And, and I think our musicians and our music community deserves that. You know, now that you say that, it's been an incredible year for Latin music. I mean, just this 2022 alone, uh, Bad Bunny has become uh, the world's biggest pop star. Lin-Manuel Miranda's Encanto had a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Two Spanish-language albums entered the Hot 200 Billboard albums, one of them being regional music with uh, Eslabón Armado's Nostalgia. Camila Cabello, Becky G, Carol G entered the hot Billboard 100. You know, this is an incredible acceptance uh, by Americans. What do you attribute this dominance of Latin music in this particular years, maybe even the last, you know, several years? The number one thing that is very exciting, I don't know what to attribute it to, but, and, and we'll get into it in a minute, but I think that the number one thing that is amazing here is that you mentioned Bad Bunny and Benito is doing this in Spanish. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not, it's not the, the traditional crossover. I mean, you mentioned Ricky and his great debut at the Grammys, and but he, everybody was talking about the crossover because he was singing in English, right? Now mm-hmm. it's in Spanish. It's a Spanish language superstar. And, uh, and and I think that's amazing. And it, it's a tribute to his artistry and his, you know, his proposal, his his conceptual and 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 and, and the ideas that he's putting on, on his on his art. Um, I, I think it's just amazing. And I agree with you. Speaking of urban music or reggaeton music, you know, there's in 2019, there was an urban backlash. Let's just say this came from, you know, certain reggaeton artists that felt that their albums at that time 
were some of the biggest albums streaming, selling, the fan base, the concert tours. They felt it. They felt that they were world kings in music, yet the Land Grammys didn't really nominate them or they didn't win any major categories, which sent J Balvin and Daddy Yankee sort of boycotting the event. What do you believe is the rub that these artists have with the Recording Academy? And do you believe that they, they have a point? Well, look, we're always open to listen, right? I mean, I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation the importance of staying relevant. Mm -hmm. And if, if we're not being relevant to a certain community, it's on us. It's on us to really reach out to them, which we did, and get together with them, which we did. We listened to them. And at the end of the day, they have to participate. This is, this is a membership. It's a peer-to-peer -peer recognition. So if they participate, if they engage, then, you know, then they get the, uh, the, you know, the nominations and the recognition that they deserve. And I think there's been substantial progress uh, with, with, with that community. We, we, want, we always strive to be very inclusive and very representative because at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's the community that we serve. We're here for them. Manuel, is it difficult to please every artist of every Latin genre? Uh, how much pressure do you face as the CEO to please everybody? It just seems like everyone has a complaint, whether it's minor or major, they all have a problem. Yes. How do you handle what kind of skills you bring to this to be able to kind of diffuse some of these issues so that we can get to the to, to, to celebrating music as opposed to, to, to finding faults with it? Well, look, at the end of the day is respect, right? I mean, if we respect everybody, we, not everybody, everybody wants to take a Grammy home, a Latin Grammy home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it starts with the nominations. When we get the nominations, you, you have all the nominated artists very happy. And then those that were not nominated are not so happy. And we try to make sure that everybody feels included and we make sure that every single submission is properly listened and classified. And, but at the end of the day, they are the ones who vote. You know, we, we are here just to assure them a fair process. And I think that's the key here. The process is a very strict very elaborate process that, like I mentioned, it has the Grammy DNA with the proper adjustments to make sure that we are inclusive of all the Latin genres. But all we can do is run a fair process with the absolute integrity that, um, that we have all been recognized for. Tell me what it's like uh, to produce and to be a part of a Latin Grammy event. How long does it take for you to start planning? I mean, do you plan it out a year in advance, two years in advance? Is it hard to get some of the acts that you might have like as like a dream list? Um, how difficult is it to kind of put this event together, my way? It's very difficult. It's super exciting. Uh, it's nerve crunching all the time because to your point, yeah, we start planning a year in advance. The moment the, the you know, the moment we said goodbye of, of, of the Latin Grammy of the year, we start thinking of the next one. 
but but there's a very important caveat here that we cannot really start booking the show until we have the noms announced, the nominations announced. And, and those happen sometime in September. So yes, we can plan. We plan the venue. We plan the additional events that we have. We, we, we start thinking on, on the look, the feel, the message, you know, those kind of generic things. But, but, you know, but the nuts and bolts of putting together the show start really when we make the nominations announcement. And again, that's in the middle of September and the show is in, you know, mid to, mid to late November. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's very exciting. It's, um, it's stressful. Yeah. Uh, do we have any concrete dates for the nominations? I had seen on your website that it was September 20th, but the actual award show date was to be discussed later, TBD. Have you decided on a date yet when you want to be able to do it? Yes, we haven't announced it, but it's our traditional Thursday before Thanksgiving. I mean, it's mm. November, I don't know what is it, uh, 19. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Right. Do you, you've worked at Telemundo, you've worked at Azteca America, so you're familiar with award shows from those uh, particular uh, networks. Do you feel that those award shows in particular compete directly in some way with the Latin Grammys? Is there any, do you feel like, man, there's just too many award shows, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of overshadowing us or taking away audience. How do you feel about other award shows outside of the Latin Grammy in Spanish? Well, you know, I mean, I was talking about respect and I, and I respect, you know, the other, the other award shows. I, I, I work very closely and you, you remember those days uh, mm -hmm. when I was rooting for another, you know, award show. I think we all have a, a place. Right. Ours is very specific in, in that is excellence, not commercial success, and is excellence judged by peers. It's musician to musician award. Others have a place by recognizing the vote of the audience or the popularity or the, you know, the lists. Uh, ours is very specific. It is an industry award that is important for the artist because it's his or her peers recognizing them. And I think that's what gives us a, a, a different edge. And that's, yeah. that's the award. Now, the show, well, the show needs to, to represent the award, right? And, and, and the community. And that's why it gets really challenging to produce the show only after we know who the nominees are. And that could be very difficult just to, just to try to put everybody together with all the tours and everything else. You know, now that we were talking about your previous career uh, as a CEO of Azteca America and working at Telemundo as well, how has your life changed? You know, going from, I guess, the traditional media industry in, in the Spanish language world to now running what is like a musical institution, a musical organization, does it work the same way? Do you lead the same way? Or have you had to make adjustments in, in I guess, you know, the, the approach in the way you lead the organization and in your lifestyle as well? That's a great, that's a great question, Jack. It's the first time that I've been asked that. And uh, well, let me tell you, I mean, yes, it has changed dramatically for, for the best, right? At, at this point in my career, 
to work for an organization that is a non-for-profit organization. Because remember, the Latin Recording Academy, as well as the Recording Academy, we're nonprofit. That's right. So we are an organization with a mission. And to just get rid of being judged by your latest quarter and your latest rating and your latest return on investment, uh, but rather on the impact that you made in the community. I mean, it's such a breath of fresh air. I mean, it is it is amazing. I am I am very motivated to to serve this community. This is a service um role. Now, to your point about how do you lead, well, at the end of the day, I have to lead a team and I have to preserve a brand and I have to do a lot of things that, you know, that my skill set is, is prepared to deal with, right? Again, the branding, the, the, the positioning, the, the production of the show, um, those are things that are very, very familiar to me and I, and I, and I love them. Um, but something that I definitely do not miss is to have to deal with shareholders and the return on the investment. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like more and more uh, that seems to be the case with a lot of CEOs. Um, how have you been dealing with the hybrid remote work? Uh, how is that aspect of the business uh, treating you? Wow, another great question because it's been very challenging. I think we all adapted very well to, to these type of communications, the Zoom, and, and I think we're doing okay. But in our case, in my case, I've been trying to drive a culture of mm. you know, high performance or, or, of excellence. And you cannot drive a culture in pure linear communications. I mean, my issue with, with Zooms and this type of communications is that are linear, right? I mean, you, you log in, you go over the agenda, and then you log out. And, and, and you know, in a creative environment like the one we live, um, and, and not only not only to create, but also again to drive a culture, you cannot rely only on linear communication, and that's a challenge. So what we did at the Latin Academy is that we are now in a hybrid mode. We go to the office two days a week, and then the other three days are optional. Whether you want to work from home or you want to go to the office, the office is always open. Um, so let's you know I'm, I'm hoping that it will work. Well, before I let you go, Manuel, any sneak peek things that you can give us in terms of what you're planning for the show in November? Because remember, we got World Cup action also happening this Thanksgiving, so I'm sure that you're going to blow this event out of the water. Uh, <laughs> anything you can share, kind of tease us to kind of get our, our, our ears all ready to go for this event? Well, I mean... I mentioned 18,000 entries. There's great, great music that uh, that our, our members are gonna have a very hard time picking you know, who the nominees are. So I'm very excited about that. Our person of the year is phenomenal, Marco Antonio Solis. Uh, I'm very excited about that, that show and, and the role that Marco uh, might have in the telecast and all the things that we can do around him. Uh, honoring him as person of the year for the Latin Corn Academy. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm super excited and, and I can't wait.
Just before I wrap up here, here are three Latin tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Solos, Cansado featuring Ferraz. Quiero una copa, que sude mi ropa. Paro el coche en la esquina, la luna se acuesta y el sol siempre brilla, brilla que era deliciosa. Carretera y manta, Pablo Alborán. Las manos miran al cielo, los ojos se cierran pidiendo un deseo, deseo, deseo. Sol, Adrián Quesada, The Echocentrics, Tita Lima. And that's it for episode 173 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Manuela Boot for joining me on the show. And if you like this podcast, please share with your friends and have them subscribe and leave a review. Your help is valuable in helping us reach many more listeners. If you'd like to get in touch with me, reach me out on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.